powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. It's March Mania at Sports Interaction, NHL, NBA, MLB, and of course March Madness, and so much more. It's bananas. Play Pinata Picks and Minute Madness, exclusive games with insane odds that you can't play anywhere else. Make your next bet with Sports Interaction. Download the app in Ontario using the QR code at the bottom of the screen, or head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn to get started. 19 plus, please play responsibly. The Pittsburgh Penguins have been sensed. Welcome back, everybody, to Game Over Ottawa. Modern Charlie back with you once again. And I-, I can't believe what we just watched. That was just one of the most ridiculous games all season, wasn't it? It, it always feels, it felt like the inverse of like half the Sens games we've watched this season, where, you know, I mean, maybe more recently, uh, the whole uh, Sens out shooting their opponents and still losing, that might be a more recent thing, but just like, when's the last time the the Sens were the team with the nobody goalie who just goalies the opponent? Like, when when do the Sens, I mean, granted, I, I you know, not to throw too much shade at the Sens goaltending, but I've missed I've missed seeing other teams get goalied against the Sens. Yeah, I'll say we had one other one this season, which was uh, Mandelizzi had almost as many saves as Ferguson. I think he had one less save than Ferguson. So pretty funny that those two guys in their NHL debuts this year both had to face uh, above 45 shots. Uh, not exactly how you want things to go with a guy making his first NHL start, but boy, he managed pretty well. Yeah, I think it's that the 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 record for most saves by a rookie goalie has been broken twice this month. So, can the can the defense maybe tighten up just a bit? Like these guys need some help. Yeah, it's. Uh, I I do have to say after how the Toronto game went, which was basically the exact inverse of this game in terms of the shots, like for the Sens. Right. Uh, I, I'll take it. You know, like that was a super frustrating game to watch. But considering we didn't come away with the win against Toronto, I feel like this kind of makes up for it. I guess. I'm just, I'm just, honestly, like, it's, at the, I think, I don't know about you, I'm at the point now where I'm perfectly happy with the Sens just playing spoiler, so, like, that has something to do with my joy out of this win, but it, it got to the point where I, I just wanted, I just wanted Ferguson to get his win. That's, I just wanted mm-hmm. this, I just wanted it for the story. That's it. I'm, yeah. I'm so happy he got it. Man, and you mentioned playing spoiler, uh, since Florida was playing at the same time and they won, the Penguins are out of a playoff spot at the moment. So even though the Sens might not be factoring too much here, I, I love that uh, we were able to deal a blow to Pittsburgh's playoff odds because I think all Sens fans would agree that we'd like to see them fall out of the playoffs the most. Oh, yeah. I think, I think honestly, I think most hockey fans outside of Pittsburgh would be yeah. on board with that. I I... I'm so sick of the same teams making it year after year after year. And I get why. I mean, like it's called the Crosby, Malkin, Latang era for a reason. Like they've been like Pittsburgh has been really good since there's been a salary cap and like for good reason. I mean, they're, they're stacked in that way, but like, uh, I just want, I want some fresh teams in the mix. I really, really do. I can't remember what year it was. You might be able to remember. There was a year where, um, Oh, I don't remember what year it was. Anyway, it was a uh, it was a year in the playoffs where it came down to the there's five teams left. Just that, like three of the conference finals teams were decided. And I think the second round went to seven games through series. Anyway, the final five teams that were left in the playoffs were the previous five cup winners. Oh god! And I just we it, don't it want just, that. I'm so sick of it. So <laughs> that, I think it was mid 2010. So 
anyway, that's where my, my brain went to immediately. But yeah, I'm, I'm so sick of that. So uh, partially because also, like, I think the Sens and, Sens and Penguins have a long enough history over the past uh, decade and a half or so um, that we as Sens fans, we can be like, yeah, Pittsburgh's not in the playoff spot right now. But I think, yeah, I think 31 fan bases are very happy right now. Yeah, it's like if we're not going to make it, we can at least drag them down with us. And we got some exactly. Pittsburgh chirps in the chat too that I want to shout out. Brooke saying, it's crazy to think in the six years since winning back-to-back cups, the Pens have won just one playoff series. And uh, hopefully hopefully we keep things that way. Let's not even give them a chance to win another one this year. And hopefully wow. they just straight up miss. And yeah, that's funny. They haven't uh, had much success since that back-to-back, despite making it every year. What, yeah, what year was that playoff series when? Because... Was that the year? So when the, when Washington won in 2018, so immediately following that back to back, I think that was like one of the first times that it was a Caps Penguins series in the first round. Was I think that was a first round matchup between them the year the Caps went all the way. I think um, so. I don't I think actually, it was the second round. Was it the second? So yeah. Maybe it was so that was their last then. series win. That one or before that one before they lost to the Capitals, there. right? So in that case, they if that's the case, then they won nine straight series and haven't won since. Yeah, a ridiculous streak, cool. and right. then they they followed it up followed it up with a reverse streak. So uh, hopefully, no more playoff series wins for Pittsburgh for a while now. Here and uh, also just on the topic of Pittsburgh, I have to point out the Sens' horrible record at PPG Paints Arena. I had to look it up because I knew it was going to be bad. But uh, hold on. Do you know what it is? Because I kind of want to make you guess. I have no idea. Okay. I have absolutely so, no idea. If you give, give me the games played and I, I'll yeah. take a guess. So the arena, they moved to this arena, newly built in 2011. And it's before, like not counting today, it was a total right. of 18 games. So what do you think their record is over 18 games at PPG before tonight? Oh. Let's go with uh, 18 games. I'm going to say uh, 3-12-3. Oh, you're very close. It's actually 2-15-1. and one. Oh, Yeah, just oh, absolutely no. brutal. Oh, no. And I noticed as well oh. when I opened up uh, the stream for today's game on Sportsnet Now, there, they have like a little blurb, a little sentence long uh, just sort of description for each game. And when I clicked on it, it said the Penguins are 13-0-1 against the Senators at home. Uh, like that's the current streak. So out of the two 15-1, it had been 14 straight losses. So whenever those two wins were uh, before today, long ass time ago, it's just there's something about that arena that is just absolutely cursed for the Sens. They cannot win there. So when we were getting dominated early in this one, I was totally expecting it to be just like that again, but I guess we had the rookie goalie magic. I I honestly had no idea it was that rough for the Sens on the road in Pittsburgh. I had no idea. So I knew it had been rough, breaking, but that was the curse. that was honestly a little bit worse than I thought. Um, and I think the only win in Pittsburgh that I can remember is 2017 in the third round. I think it was Game One when Bobby Ryan had the OT winner, but. In the regular yeah. season, I have no clue. I think I saw on Twitter that the last win there in the regular season might have been 2012, which makes sense given the numbers uh, that I just had there. Oh, that is that is 
<laughs> oh, that's upsetting. That's it's so weird that I didn't I, I wouldn't have picked up on that. If you had asked me just like, hey, what do you think the Sens record is like in Pittsburgh's uh new new arena since 2011 or whatever, I would have said probably like 500 ish. <laughs> no. No, okay, I'm not, I'm just not paying attention, I guess. I, I knew there was a reason why I always dreaded uh, games in Pittsburgh. I mean, part of it is how bad the Sens have been for the last five years, but even before that stretch, we still weren't winning there, which is just weird. And also, funny enough, you know what, do you want to take a guess at uh, the two arenas that the Sens have the best records at? And I say two because they're they're kind of close together. This is this is just purely like like point percentage. This isn't like yeah, number point, of wins, point percentage right? so over like after division. Yeah, okay. over a bunch of games. Like not oh, so games. best point percentage on the road. Because mm-hmm. oh. obviously there's like Mullet Arena, which is we're one and zero, so that doesn't count. And a couple of uh, I was, was going to say, games. I was going to say that's exact. That's immediately where my mind went. I was yeah. like, there's no way that counts. Um, I that's a tough. That is so tough. Where do I feel like the Sens win a lot? I was a little surprised by these, but then when I thought about it in recent history, it kind of made sense to me. Is one of them, like, they don't play very well? Like, is one a West Coast team? No, they're actually both Eastern. They're both Eastern. Okay. Um, first one I'll say is Philly. Okay. And then I'll, I'll go. I'll go Philly and... Oh... Philly and Buffalo. Okay, you're close because you were on the right track with New York, but it's actually the Islanders and the Rangers, both of them. At uh, Really? Yeah, so at Nassau Veterans, which was the Islanders' previous arena, but I think they were there until 2021, the Sens actually have a 682 percentage. And at Madison Square oh, Garden, wow. Madison Square Garden, they have a 627, which is super impressive. And those are like way above all the other arenas so i thought that was kind of funny too that makes no sense i love that that's a fun stat yeah just to contrast a little bit compared to uh the woes in pittsburgh but yeah to throw it back a little bit more to tonight's game we got to talk even more about dylan ferguson don't we yeah um sorry leaf fans <laughs> yeah he's Lee. ours now <laughs> yeah <laughs> Like, okay, cool. Matt Murray had his one good game the other night. I'm not upset about it anymore. All of a sudden, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm not I'm not that mad anymore. Dylan Ferguson is better. Dylan Ferguson, we got yeah, Fergie. Fergalicious. So when it gets to the point when 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 you know people on Sportsnet are saying Fergalicious between <laughs> periods, it, you know he it's it's an exciting game. Mm-hmm. Um I don't even know what to called dylan ferguson like like he's only 24 but he's already got like almost like a journeyman like resume yeah, kind of all over the place with um, the letters. yeah i don't know and and yeah a lot of yeah back and forth echl ahl um yeah uh before before like this is his first like his first game was with vegas um in uh in their inaugural season yeah uh, played almost six nine years minutes ago, I think. yeah uh played nine minutes stopped one shot and allowed one goal so a nice little 500 day percentage uh coming into this game strangely i think i remember that game i could be wrong because i don't have the specific details in front of me but i'm pretty sure it was against the oilers 
and it was like late in the game so third period whoever was starting obviously got injured and they were I, I, if I remember correctly, they had to sign him to his entry-level contract just to, like, have him come up and be the backup because they had no bodies uh, to play in net. And then, yeah, he was forced into the third period, and I think McDavid scored on him, I'm pretty sure, on that, that shot that went in out of the two really? shots. I'm pretty sure it was McDavid just, like, rushing through the whole team or something like that. It, right, so, if, you, if you find a way to fill the air, let me see if I can find his game log. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look this up and see if you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you... Uh, if you get it on NHL.com, it should be there. They always have the game logs. But yeah, what a long-ass time between your first NHL appearance and your first NHL start. Because 2017-18, I don't know if that was in 2017 or 2018, but that's almost six years and just bouncing around in the minors since then. And what's kind of surprising to me as well is that it's not like he's had any super long stretches of games, like as a starting goaltender at the pro level too, like... The highest number of games played he's had since juniors was 16 games for the Fort Wayne Comets in 2019-20. And since then, it's been like a few games here and there, and then like 11 games in the ECHL, 13 games in the AHL last year. He's played 11 AHL games this year too, so it's not a guy who's seen a lot of playing time, and yet he still came up with an amazing performance today, which is honestly shocking, so full credit to him. Yeah, and, and, and the difference between... Because he's played a fairly even number of games between the Marlies and uh, the B-Sens and just completely different results, which is weird yeah. because... I mean, I don't know how good the Marlies are. I know Belleville's been not great for most of the season. Um, so I am shocked. Yeah, <laughs> he, completely... he showed up to Belleville and just kind of like knocked everybody's socks off, I guess. They kind of... I think they just... Yeah got him sort of as a warm body because we had to call up Sogard and Mandelisi and they just needed someone down there in Belleville, but then he did amazing. And then look at that. You never know when your shot's going to come. You got to be ready to to take it. And wow, was he ever ready tonight? Yeah. Okay. So update on what we were talking about uh, uh, earlier. Got the game I can't locked. find anything. Yeah. I can't find anything about who scored on who. I can't find anything about who the goaltender was but you are right it was Edmonton yeah um now do we think he maybe just went in for a random shot of nine minutes or do you think he went in for the end of the game because hmm. McDavid did score twice in the third but Nugent Hopkins and Mark Letestu both scored um like they're the last two goals to go in okay. were Nuge and Latestu. So So maybe it, it was wasn't probably Mark Latestu. Yeah. It was probably yeah, I'm thinking it was yeah. I just remember McDavid lighting them up in that game, so that makes sense. So yeah. I was close. So, I was very close. Uh, and it's also that you knew it was the oil. Insanely weird that I remember that. I think like it, we must have been watching it in my house because my dad's an Oilers fan. He must have had that game on. And also, it's it's memorable to me as well because it was Vegas's inaugural season, and you had that crazy right. storyline of them using so many goalies, and he was like the sixth or seventh goalie that they ended up using. So it's it's funny that that's how he got his first NHL appearance, being the sixth or seventh goalie uh, used by the team that season, and then this year he's the sixth goalie that the Sens use, and he he finally gets his first start. I hope it. I hope he sticks around for a bit. Like, just given how insane he's been in Belleville and and how good this game was, like, just run with him for a bit. Just see what happens. Like, I don't want to say. I don't want to like destroy Sogard's uh, confidence. I mean, maybe that's already a lost cause at this point. Was just like he, like Sogard hasn't been good, but like the team around him hasn't 
helped at all. So mm-hmm. I don't want to risk Sogard like losing all of his confidence. But like, just just I I, we're, I I think I think we're at the stage now where we look at the Sens as spoiler and just like at this point just see what you got with with the younger players and just hope for the best for next season. I guess so. Yeah, just run with Sogard and and Ferguson and see what happens. Yeah, I think uh, we play again tomorrow, right? So Sogard will probably yeah. be back in there, and that's Boston. Gonna be, that's gonna be super tough against Boston. That that sucks so much that the last two times we've played Boston, it's on the second half of a back to back. So that's gonna be tough. Hopefully, the Sens can uh, not allow fifty shots this time because uh, it's it's been a rough go of things for Sogard here lately. They gotta play a lot better in front of their goalies, which is just that's. The shocking story to me today is that that was probably one of the Sens' worst games of the season, and yet it's a win. Like yeah. how how on earth, other than Ferguson, did, did we manage that? Like what the hell? I yeah, I have no. Uh, <laughs> it was a weird game. It was it was like, and I don't even know. It didn't even feel like like I, I've watched a bunch of games this season where the Sens are getting just absolutely dominated and, and and getting and like with like nearly no possession time in the offensive zone and i feel like okay well they're just like they're just coasting it didn't feel like they were coasting weirdly enough it felt like they were trying and just weren't good enough for most of the game which is not a good sign against what is now a non-playoff team at the moment um but yeah that, that i don't know where i'm going with this just to say like it didn't feel like it like it, it didn't feel like uh, an effort issue. It felt more like an execution issue, which is maybe more concerning. I don't know. Yeah, um, we because we've seen games this year where the team just flat out didn't show up. And yeah. when you look at the stats, it looks like this was another one of those. But I do kind of agree with what you're saying that it didn't really look like that, you know, from the eye test, because it looked like they were giving a lot of effort out there. It was just, it, it felt like Pittsburgh was just a step ahead and also just that much better in their execution of all their plays and stuff like I remember I can't remember if it was the late first period or early second period but I remember a play where Pittsburgh had had it in our end for like one to two minutes as as was the story in this game (laughs) we went back the other way we had like barely a chance and then as soon as we lose the puck we just lose the the board battle instantly and Pittsburgh makes four easy passes like tic-tac-toe out of their zone and it was just out in five seconds you did not see any execution like that from the Sens whatsoever tonight. I think the main problem was the breakout, really. Yeah, um, and I don't know if that's just on the Sens or if I maybe the Penguins were playing like a really strong neutral zone game that I just didn't really pick up on. Um, but yeah, uh, rough time. Uh, I don't know how they... Uh, it looked like they had no legs this entire game, so I don't know how they're going to deal with Boston the yeah, next day. Yeah, that's so rough. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, I do want to specifically touch on Shabbat because yeah. um, you remove him from this game, and it's a one nothing win for the Sens, essentially. Because uh, did he have a gorgeous goal? Yeah, yeah, that was that was a beautiful goal. Did he nonchalantly just give them the puck? On, on when when Pittsburgh tied it up, yeah, he 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 kind of did. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm still I'm 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 not fully on abandoned Shabbat 
like by any means. I still think he's a super important part of the team, but like, and, and I mean, they they have said that he's he's injured. Right? He's been playing injured. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. That's I mean, this is this is why I'm not a scout because like this whole time that he's been struggling, I've been like, oh, his head's not in it. Like like it it felt like a decision making issue, not like a physical issue. I mean, it can be both, I guess, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, unfortunately, uh, following that gorgeous goal he scored, kind of like a net even game for him, I think. Yeah, um, it's. I pretty much agree with you. Although the way that this game went, I still feel like Shabbat was the best Sens D. Like, despite the goal, that's as fair. Well. Like, just fair. him and Sanderson probably. I feel like I didn't notice Chikrin too much tonight, and then I felt like no Zub and Hammond and Branchum kind of all had their their problems tonight. But yeah, and. Speaking of Zub, we have to mention that four minutes and 30 seconds shift as well. I can't believe it uh, took us that long to get to that. This poor guy, I can't believe he didn't collapse on the ice there. How how did Pittsburgh not score? <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> I, I, I assume, the first icing, I was like, okay, here comes a goal. Yeah, the second we iced icing. it twice after. And then, yeah. And then, and then after the second ice, I was like, okay, well, now it has to go in. And then nothing. Um, so, yeah, phenomenal uh, work there, I guess. Even, you know, like, I mean, it's it's not often you're like, oh, the sense iced the puck twice. Great job. But, like, I guess Zub was on, what, four and a half minutes? And and I think, was it Sanderson at, like, three and a half? Yeah. Um, God, like, I, think, I think one thing we, we need to say is, Let's be happy that it was those guys that were stuck on the ice. Yeah, for sure. For that chunk of time. Um, yeah, that's absolutely insane. Definitely the longest shift by any Sens player this season. I don't know what the longest shift for a Sens player ever is. That'd be interesting it, to find out. It could out. be. So as soon as this happened, I went to try to see what the longest shifts in NHL history are. And of course, there's the famous Kovalev shift, which happened before they started tracking ice time stats, so it technically doesn't count. But uh, whoever the Rangers coach was at that time just uh, told him to keep staying out there. Anytime he tried to go back to bench, he was like, no, stay on, stay on, because he was punishing him, basically, and uh, kind of making a, a whole show of things. So that, that that was over seven minutes, if I remember correctly, so that's technically the longest shift ever. Uh, and then, funny enough, the other two examples that I found, because I couldn't find like a whole ranking or anything... The other two examples that I found are from this season, which is very surprising. Um, you might remember Jack I know Hughes. know one of them. Do you, do you remember yeah. the Jack Hughes one? Yeah. yeah. Si- six minutes and two seconds at the end of the game. The thing about that one, though, is that they were trying to tie the game. I think they were down by a couple goals. So they had uh, some timeouts in there, too, where he got breathers and stuff. And okay. there, was a, there was a lot yeah. of whistles. So it wasn't like fully extended play without him leaving the ice. And then yeah, the, he, he wasn't he wasn't defending for yeah four he wasn't minutes defending no either that's, yeah exactly and then yeah. the other one that I found also from this season and also from a forward was Ovechkin and it's a bit of a similar scenario where the Capitals got a uh, five minute major power play and he just stayed on the whole time it was four minutes and fifty seven seconds yeah and that I bet Ovechkin so, so the fact that it was a five on times. five because I yeah. imagine with Hughes it was probably six on five right for a good chunk um, of it I'm sure so yeah so b- playing. F- Four and a half minutes straight, five on five in the defensive zone. Oh my god! That's got to be like close to a record for a defenseman. Like, I wish I could have found an official ranking of the longest log shifts because, w- without any like timeouts or anything in between, because I think uh, the Hughes one 
he had some breathers more than Zub did. Zub just had those couple of icings and they both happened after the four minute mark as well. Like, I want to know the longest yeah. shift for a defender because I feel like Zub would have been pretty close and probably the longest shift that a sense player has ever had, I would bet. Definitely. That was... I hope we don't have to see that again for a long time. Yeah. That's uh, a rare occurrence that hopefully we do not have to think about yeah. that ever again. So if you're okay with transitioning to something here, yeah. I did a bunch of research on something That's uh, right. to follow up on something else I, I, I talked about. So in uh in, in in classic sense fashion, a too many men penalty was called against the team uh tonight. And that uh, so uh, I don't even know how long ago this was now, at least uh, like probably a month or two ago, I looked into uh, how many, too many man penalties have the Sens gotten this season? Do they lead the league? And just like, what is a reasonable number of too many man penalties to lead per season? And when, when I did look it up, they were not in the lead. I believe Arizona and Anaheim had more than them. Um, at this point, I don't know the total count for, I, I forgot to check and see who was leading. Um, but I, I, my, my research went as far back as the 2015, 16 season. Um, just because that's how much time I had at the time to check. And so from 2015 until this season, the most I could find for one season was a team taking 16, too many men penalties. And, uh, it was a tie between two teams the 1617 Ottawa Senators and the 1920 Ottawa Senators. Oh my god. Um, but now I have the stats going back to the beginning of the salary cap era. Ooh. So the most taken in a season, um also important to note for this season that the Sens are now at uh 13 through 70 games. So they could definitely with the way the way that they've, they, that they've been shot. called for that, they could they've got a shot. They've got a shot. So the most in the salary cap era is the uh, and this is so wild because of the teams I've listed, most of them are f really good teams. Like the most ever was in 1415, 18 too many men penalties. Chicago, the cup winners. Oh my god, I would not have so, expected that, never would have guessed. The only team in the salary cap era to hit 18, there are two teams that had 17, both in the 06 07 season, the Red Wings and the Penguins, both playoff teams. Yeah. And both the uh, cup finalists the very next year. Yeah, the next two years. Mm -hmm. And then there are six teams since the Starlight Cup era to have had 16 too many men penalties. And we've established that two of them are the Sens. Uh, the 16-17 Sens under Guy Boucher and the 1920 Sens under DJ Smith. Another team was the 0-9-10 Senators under Corey <laughs> Clouston. So the oh. Sens have half. Of the six teams to take 16. And it doesn't even the matter who the three, coach is. Yeah. So the other three are, um, weirdly enough, it's like I said, contenders. Every team. So the so there's one 18, two 17, six. So there's nine teams I've listed. The only team that didn't make the playoffs is the 1920 cents. Because the rest, 16, 17 cents. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, here. contender. Uh, 09 10 cents under Chloe Couston. They lost in the first round to Pittsburgh, but they still made the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Then the rest are the 10 11 Lightning under Guy Boucher. Oh funny God. enough. Um, oh, was that their good the, season? Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, that was Guy Boucher. It's a mirror. First year with a team, conference finals, 
miss the playoffs and then the third season get fired half part way through. Yeah, if you want some anyway, playoff so revenue, so, you hire him, get yeah. that get those playoff rounds, and then you fire him right away. Yeah. And then the other two teams uh in the salary cap area who have had 16 are the 10-11 Habs who made the playoffs. This is like right before they bottomed out and took out Chaniak. So they made the playoffs in 10-11 under Jacques Martin. And then the other team is the 06-07 Ducks under Randy oh my Carlisle. God. So out of those nine teams, the, the nine teams to have taken 16 or more too many men penalties in the salary cap era, out of the nine teams, eight made the playoffs. That's so weird. Why? Because I, I would just, I would just, I would, because I don't know about you, I would associate a bunch of too many men penalties with shitty teams who don't know what yeah, they're doing. Yeah, a bunch of un- unorganized bums, but apparently not. It's Let's so do the sense. weird. Yeah, it's so it's so bizarre. weird. So the send the sends show up on the list three times, and Guy Boucher shows up twice. And it's very realistic that if the sends keep going at it this season, they'll be on the list a fourth time, and DJ Smith will also be on that list uh, for a second time. <laughs> oh so. my god! Who yeah, knows? I I do have to say, like when new ownership comes in, if they do give DJ a chance to like keep his job or anything, they they gotta go up to him and just be like, hey man. Why are there so many too many men on the ice penalties? Like we've seen it over multiple seasons now. They got to figure that out if uh, if he's gonna stick around at all. It's an actual. It's an actual problem. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. It could be a huge uh, momentum killer. I wonder if I can find the list for this season. I might not be able to. Um, I'll take a look. But yeah, I just found it so weird that yeah, in the salary cap era. Um, it's mostly good teams that take way too many, too many men penalties. <laughs> which is not what I was a stupid expecting. Stat. That's so weird. Such a stupid stat, and like a good chunk of them were, were contenders or cup winners. Like two yeah. of those nine won yeah, the cup. Not just teams like, that squeaked into the playoffs, like teams that were going far. So stupid. And um, so, what does that mean about the Sens this year? It means they're going to make the playoffs. Exactly. So, Clearly, um, it's a sign of greatness. It, we'll we'll get there. Yeah. You know, we'll we'll eventually yeah. get there. So yeah, I just wanted to throw that in there because I thought it was the weirdest, the weirdest thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess uh, to wrap it up here, I think looking forward to tomorrow's game, if there's like anything specific you think that the Sens need to do way better uh, to have any chance at get, coming away with any points tomorrow, like what what's the number one thing that you think they need to improve from what you saw tonight? Um... So my 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 initial my initial instinct was uh just be stronger offensively just like have mm-hmm. either either better on the rush or or just some kind of transition in the neutral zone um I don't know if that's going to be an easy fix uh against Boston but like I, at the at the same time I, I was I, they need to be better okay but they got to be better at getting out of the defensive end but also sure. just get the puck in the defensive end a little bit more as well. So I want to say everything. Yeah. I thought that's what you were going to say right away. There's absolutely no reason that, that, that Ottawa should have won this game. There's, there's absolutely no reason. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that they did mainly for, for Fergie, but, um, it's they they they're gonna have to look like a completely different team tomorrow. For yeah, to have any chance against the Bruins? 
we we didn't really touch on this, but you did bring up like the rush offense. I think one of the key issues in this game for the Sens was that stretch in the second period where they had like two or three breakaways, a couple two on ones. Stutzla missed that wide open net on a two on one, oh. and then on another two on one, he hit the that post. Hurt. That's the one thing other than the general defensive play tonight that I was disappointed in is that. We could have easily yeah. had like a three nothing lead halfway through the second period, and uh, the finishing just wasn't there from the forwards. So I was I was honestly shocked when we did score on the power play at the end of the game. So like if we can't clean up on the defensive end, I'm definitely looking for a better effort from the forwards uh, tomorrow too. Even also from the forwards like on the defensive side of the puck too, because there were so many times tonight where they just blew the zone before the puck was even out. Countless times where you would have two forwards or all three forwards all the way at the freaking red line and the penguins just barely yeah. hold it in so just uh i think or, or even if they didn't hold it in sometimes the puck would just squeak out by two three feet yeah but like they, they're they were playing so strong on that that by the time the sense forwards were back at the blue line the penguins had already cycled out and, yeah. got, and, and gone back reload. into the zone mm-hmm. like I, I i didn't even uh remember to bring that up but yeah, it was wild like just how quickly the penguins were able to completely cycle out and back in into the offensive zone mm-hmm. so um yeah let's 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 stop cherry picking here folks for sure <laughs> it's uh... it's tough too when you're getting like dominated on the shot clock too because then you have in your mindset like oh we got to go the other way and get some shots of our own but they were just they were just jumping the gun way too quickly so i hope we can yeah. see some of that cleaned up tomorrow and see more of a more of a quiet game in terms of shots and scoring chances uh because I feel bad for Sogard having to face the Bruins on a second half of a back-to-back after I'm sure the Sens are extremely tired from defending here tonight. But uh, we'll see I how mean, that they goes. They have to be completely burnt out. So, mm-hmm. what, what's a what's a win to you tomorrow? Like, like, like what? Like, mm-hmm. I, like, what is like the bottom line? Like, Bruins win. At what score do you, has you going? Okay, you know what? That's fine. I think it's acceptable if we lose by one goal or two with an empty net right like anything anything where you're down uh by multiple goals midway through the game like we saw so many times on the western road trip like if we're down three nothing really early halfway through the game i'm just tired of seeing games like that i just want to be in it till the end like these last three games have been even though we only have one win in those three games at least keep me entertained the whole way through i like that Mm-hmm. I like that. Controversially, I'll say uh, a five-two loss. If the, as long as the one was an empty netter, I'm I'm okay with. Like just, yeah. Like don't make it a complete blowout, but don't give me hope with five minutes left just to lose it. That's that's my. <laughs> you don't yeah. want too much. And, hope. And not that not that the Sens can play spoiler to Boston. No one can play spoiler to Boston. Mm-mm. Like you couldn't play spoiler to Boston in December. Like it's you know there was. Yeah, they were already Whatever. good to go by yeah, then. They're, but yeah, they're in there. So. You'll have the stream tomorrow. Hey, uh, you have a guest, I think. Yeah, I've got um, Bruins fan and uh, NHL, uh, like EA Sports NHL uh, content creator. I'm um, just general streamer, uh, 2G24 on tomorrow. So that's going to be a, a good time. Hell yeah. Can't wait to talk shit about the NHL video games with him. Because oh, I'm not going to want to talk to him about the Bruins. So <laughs> I'll definitely have to tune in because I'm someone who stopped buying those games entirely after buying them for a decade. So if you guys uh, go on some rants about that, I will definitely be tuning in for that. He's, he's got some insight, so it should be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so everyone be sure to tune in after tomorrow's game as well for that. 
That's where we're going to leave it tonight. Leave a like on the video if you enjoyed. Subscribe to SDPN. Thank you so much, everyone, for watching, and have a good night. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.